Hello, VergeCast universe. This is Ross Miller, senior editor with The Verge. Uh, as you might know, there was an Apple event this week. Uh, after the event, we hosted a live show, and we thought you'd like to listen to the audio portion of that. Uh, so we're adding it to the feed. Uh, please enjoy, and we will see you later this week for The VergeCast. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to The Verge Live. I'm Ross Miller. I'm Chris Sigler. Uh, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about all the things Apple just announced at its Spring Forward event. Uh, later on, Casey Newton will be joining us from San Francisco with first-hand impressions. Okay, so what, what all did we actually see today? Well, first, we started with a sort of surprise HBO announcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll be launching HBO Now, they're calling it, next month, exclusive to Apple at launch. Uh, then they went through an all-new MacBook, just MacBook, not just Pro, MacBook. not Air, just MacBook. And then finally, we, we got into some Apple Watch stuff. Yep, and um, I, I, that's the one I want to talk about the most. But first, let's just really quickly get through Apple TV. Yeah, uh, $69 now. $69, actually a surprise price drop, which mm-hmm. makes sense because every other set-top box does everything that thing does now. Yeah, they're, they're at the, the point where the hardware is old enough and the functionality is commoditized enough so that they really had no option uh, but to drop the price. Uh, a little surprising that they didn't follow it up with another box uh, that maybe has a little bit more functionality, 4K, whatnot, uh, but I guess they're not ready yet. Yeah, that's maybe something later this fall. I mean, the Apple sure. TV rumors of be it set-top box or actual set itself has always sure. been around. Uh, but there is something that's been rumored forever, which is content deals, mm-hmm. which is Apple is trying to talk to every single pro- content provider to get exclusive deals. This is right. the first of that. Right. And also, it's a big deal because everyone wants standalone HBO. Right. And so this is, I mean, we knew that HBO was, was unbundling, right? This right. was in the pipeline. Uh, it was going to be a 2015 thing for them. But it is surprising that it's an Apple exclusive to start. That's a big deal. Um, but I, I, what's your take? I, I think that you're more plugged Man, into the am... Game, Game of Thrones-averse than I am. What is your take on... Uh... I am going back and forth so hard because I don't want to pay for cable. Yeah. But the things are starting to add up. Where it's right, like right. $15 by itself, like, I'm just being kind of a stubborn prick at that yeah. point. Like, yeah. uh, I did get Sling TV recently, uh, so I use that for everything, basically except HBO and broadcast and that's, yeah, But Oh, so that doesn't have ABC, CBS. No, but I have, okay. like, I have rabbit ears. I paid $10 for rabbit ears. Sure. Everyone complains about that. Anyway, but uh, will I pay $15 for HBO? Maybe, actually. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I know in my head it's starting to add up to even be more expensive than just getting a damn cable subscription. Right, right. Well, so uh, one thing that, um, that I saw brought up on Twitter that I think is potentially an interesting point is that the existence of this service incentivizes uh, HBO to start cracking down on the distribution of HBO Go logins, right? That's the other reason why I'm probably going to end up paying, because yeah. right now I'm enjoying the hell out of it for... Uh, yeah, no, everybody uses somebody else's free login. free 99 yeah. There's, there's like one uh, patient zero <laughs> that has the master HBO Go account, and everybody's using that one account, and now... Uh, presumably, they're going to uh, crack down. On they're going to log in like the day before the Game of Thrones premiere. Like, I'm sorry, caution. By the way, right. this is being used by 1,253 people. <laughs> We're going to have to pair that back. Get a new account, guys. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, it paired with that, they also showed the uh, the trailer for the new season of Game of Thrones. Right, and uh, we've seen a bunch of clips of that before. We won't dawdle on that too much here, but uh, yeah, well, it's exciting. It might be a slight departure from the books, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, Game of Thrones is the number one most pirated show. Um, now there's an option where people are like, you know, you, you can actually legally pay for it. Yeah, it's you can't expensive. Use, right, you can't use, oh, I'm, I don't want to be tied to a cable subscription as an right. excuse anymore. 
Um, but you do still need uh, an Apple device of some sort, whether it be an Apple TV or an iPhone or an iPad. Mm -hmm. uh, because it, if I remember correctly, they, they said on stage that uh, this is going to not just be an Apple TV thing. You'll be able to use any Apple device, basically. Well, I, didn't, I don't remember hearing that, but I hope to God that's true, because like that would seem very stupid otherwise. Yeah. I, I have to believe that they'll have an HBO Now app for iPhone, right? You know. So, and so that's the first of many, and like obviously, like HBO is one of the biggest cable channels out there. Um, right. ESPN, we have the next big one. ESPN was a big deal for Sling, mm -hmm. that was on there. Uh, it will be interesting to see if ESPN kind of follows suit or any other channels mm -hmm. follow suit. Obviously, Apple is hawkish on getting exclusive content deals, whether or not they're just a box or just TV, because this is the one thing that really differentiates Apple TV from your Roku's and your Amazons. Right. Right. Uh, did I hear correctly? Do we have Do we have Casey uh, ready? I, I believe we do. Why don't we go uh, live to Casey Newton in San Francisco? Casey, how oh are you? Oh my God, you're so pretty, Casey Newton. Hello. Hi guys. How's it going, man? Awesome. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. So tell us uh, what uh, what's it like out there? What's the scene? So, uh, as you might imagine, it is rather hectic inside the hands-on area right now. People are checking out the MacBook uh, that they just unveiled, as well as taking a look at the Apple Watch uh, up close. Uh, heading into this event, I think most of us assumed that the watch was going to be the most exciting thing to look at afterwards. But, man, people just could not wait to get their hands on that new MacBook. It looks really, really good. Is it as interesting of a device as it appeared to be from afar. I, I guess maybe you haven't gotten close to it yet, but uh, from where I was sitting, it looked like really the most interesting announcement of, of, the, uh, of the event. Absolutely. Uh, and a lot of what's interesting is inside of the MacBook. Uh, for me, the thing that stood out the most were those contoured batteries, just sort of layers of like these very thinly sliced batteries on top of each other. Like most of the interior of that uh, notebook is all battery. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the keys feel really interesting. They designed a, a new system, of course, the butterfly mechanism instead of the scissor mechanism. Uh, and <laughs> sorry, then there's sorry. just that, uh, that sort of uh, all metal casing. Uh, it looks really, really nice. So, yeah, people seem pretty excited about that here. Now, Casey, did you get a chance to actually go in and try any of this stuff out? Yeah, have you tried? Like, we're really curious about Force Touch especially, like how that feels. D did not get a chance to try uh, Force Touch yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to uh, when I'm finished talking with you guys. What's your favorite buzzword from today? Is it terrorist <laughs> battery? Is it Force Touch? Is it something else? Please, uh, please tell us. I'm going to be trying to find ways to work butterfly mechanism into all my sentences from here on out. You know, uh, a story comes in, it's missing a little something, maybe it needs a butterfly mechanism. I mean, it's just like, I'm sorry, this is scissoring too much. We really do need to move to the butterfly at this point. We do. Uh, Casey, I mean, this is, I, what I love is like reading your live blog yeah. at the events. Um, what was the feel inside the theater, inside the Yerba Buena Center? Uh, you know, the the feeling at, a, at an Apple event is sort of this, like, quietly focused intensity. Most of the people in the room are press. Everybody is staring down at a laptop or their phone or some combination of both. So you don't have a lot of those really human moments, except for when there's a bunch of sort of applause, which is usually coming from the Apple employees or maybe maybe some of the VIPs that are there. Uh, but, you know, a couple moments stood out. When Tim Cook said that the edition was going to start at $10,000, uh, I heard some pained cries around me. <laughs> 
uh, like the sort of cries that you uh, might imagine if, if, if like a child had been injured in a car accident. It was that sort of just like, oh, like that sort of a, a pained cry. Uh, so, you know, clearly, uh, at least within the press, uh, people are not really prepared to, to spend 10K on a watch. Um, and then, you know, the other moment that I would highlight would be just sort of the uh, frosty uh, vibe in the air when Christy Turlington Burns was on stage uh, during that sort of forced banter part of the presentation, talking about uh, her trip to Africa where she ran a race and somehow the Apple Watch made that easier. But, you know, it was difficult for me to understand uh, what the watch really had to do with her trip to Africa. And I think it was hard for some of the other members of the press to understand as well. Yeah, that seemed like a bit of a misdirection. I'm not sure why they why they went there. Were there any moments uh, during the event uh, when you think that they either didn't spend enough time explaining what was going on or spent too long sort of dawdling on a single feature or set of features? I, the, the, in particular, I thought that the Kevin Lynch segment was a bit long, but maybe that's just my opinion. I, I tend to agree with you. And in fact, I think the event focused too much on features, period. Uh, we already knew heading into this that the Apple Watch can do a lot of things. But I think what a lot of us were waiting for was that coherent story. Like, make the case that, that I want this and, and, and sell it to me at a level above, oh, tap this to text this person and scribble here to send a heart, right? Like, we wanted some sort of, like, overall message that was going to make us understand how this fit into our lives and instead we just got this very lengthy list of well it can do this and it can do that oh but if you don't like those two things try this third thing and i think it got a little bit overwhelming and so i, I do wish that apple had spent a bit more time up top sort of setting the stage for uh how this watch was gonna fit into our everyday lives now casey going into this have, have you been like convinced that a smartwatch is the future? Do you even care about this uh, going into it? And now having come out of the Apple Watch event, uh, how are you feeling? What's your takeaway on like just the whole category of wearables? Well, you know, I'm very open to being convinced. Um, I want to believe that you know, a few years from now, the sort of default posture of humanity is not going to be staring down at this device as we, you know, walk through busy intersections. So I want there to be something that, that means I'm staring at my phone le less. But what I worry about with these wearables, Apple Watch included, is that they've essentially just put another inbox on our wrist. They've given us another set of distractions, uh, another series of things that's going to take us out of the moment and into the world of whatever app developer we've decided to, you know, install their apps on our device. So, you know, when I think about something that's going to be buzzing me many, many times a day, telling me to stand up, to sit down, to respond to this text, to read this email, to check out my Instagram likes, to reply to these tweets, it sounds exhausting. And, and one problem with the way that the watch was presented today was that it was sort of this endless series of like, and your watch is going to tell you this, and it's going to tell you that. You know, Tim Cook repeatedly referred to it as uh, your your a coach on your wrist. I think that could all be very overwhelming. Um, you know, there was a great piece on our sister site, Racked, about what the tech industry doesn't understand uh, about fashion. And I think Apple probably understood the fashion piece today and that maybe if they had made it feel like something that was just going to look really freaking cool on your wrist, that could have sold it more than any feature uh, that they announced. So um, I, I'm still sort of on the fence. I'm probably going to wait to read the reviews on The Verge to decide whether I buy one of these myself. I'm very open to it. But what I've seen so far, uh, I have to tell you, I'm still rather skeptical. 
Well, you have to buy one, Casey, because otherwise how am I going to send you my heartbeat? <laughs> <laughs> that you know what I, I would I would easily pay three hundred and fifty dollars or more just to get the the Z Power heartbeat uh, on my wrist. <laughs> uh, yeah, to your point, Casey, it does feel like they're taking the same tack uh, with this thing that they have been with the iPad for the se- uh, past several years, where they're sort of throwing it to the wolves and saying, hey, uh, developers, you figure out what this thing is good for. Um, and uh, in fact, I think Kevin Lynch literally said, we can't wait to see what developers do with this. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's entirely possible that in a year, this device is gonna seem much more coherently organized than it does right now. But I'm skeptical, because if they're leaving it in the hands of third-party developers, then that sort of uh, scatters it. It doesn't focus it, right? Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And the the one thing I would say uh, in response to that is that when iPad came out, I knew exactly what I wanted to use it for. I could like w- when Jobs sort of reclined in a chair and showed himself reading and browsing the web and uh, watching a video. I thought, my gosh, I I would love to do that. Like that uh, that feels like a real improvement on you know me holding some like laptop that's getting overheated and like you know has a battery that's rapidly draining. So like in the moment that iPad was shown on stage, like I I pre-ordered it in my mind, and Apple Watch <laughs> just didn't get there for me yet. Like so, because because again. So many of those features are just that thing you could that, that thing you can do on your phone now. You can do it on your wrist tomorrow. It's just they've got to get beyond that. Right. So let's go back to the MacBook for a second. Um, are you buying one, and what color are you getting? Because the gold was out of nowhere. Nobody saw that coming, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so, you know, Chris, as you know, at The Verge, uh, we get to replace our laptops every two years. And I'm excited to <laughs> announce that my two-year anniversary at The Verge is next month. Congratulations. Here's so this laptop. really could not be timed better for uh, from a personal standpoint. Um, I would love to get one of these new MacBooks. Uh, my one question is, you know, how am I going to be able to keep it powered and plug it into an external monitor and get uh, photos off my SD card onto my laptop, right? Like, so these are three things that I do every day. Maybe there will be some new set of dongles. Uh, I'm sure that somebody on the verge will explain to me how I'm going to do this. Uh, but the, answer, the short answer is yes, I would like to get one of these things. And I would absolutely get the gold model because I'm a trashy person and I, and I want to find <laughs> a new way to signal that to the world just look at look at this gold thing that i have that you don't have like that's that's how i like to live my life you're just gonna walk around the coffee shop to coffee shop holding it out going look at this do you even see it it's so thin uh well i mean it's okay but there is a concern of like i i fully intend to wear it as a necklace <laughs> i mean there is a concern of power though. i mean this is not a powerful laptop and it's on par with most macbook airs but this isn't something you're going to get a lot of photo processing out or, you know, definitely not going to watch 4K video smoothly on something like this. Um, is that going to be a concern? I mean, I'm not saying what you're doing for work. I'm saying is that going to be a concern, though? It definitely seems like it is aimed at that market of people who use their uh, laptops mostly for surfing the web, uh, writing emails, you know, s- basically documents plus Netflix. Uh, and that seems like a huge market category, and I think they're going to sell a lot of them to those people. That, but what you've just mentioned, Ross, is exactly why I do feel like I have to wait. You know, I don't have very specialized needs uh, working at The Verge, but I do take photos for my job. So they're going to have to resolve a few of those questions, I think, before somebody who works in a kind of professional or semi-professional role is, is going to want to uh, pre-order the thing. 
You know, Neil, I posited before, and I think that's absolutely true after I've, I've seen today's announcements, that this device is designed sort of to replace the concept of an iPad plus an external keyboard. A little more expensive than that, but not much. Um, and so my question to you is, well, first of all, do you currently have an iPad? And secondly, could you see this device or something like it replacing an iPad for you? Because it seems like they're trying to bite into that market to some degree here, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's two kinds of iPad users. There are people who absolutely want to work, uh, who, who absolutely want to use it for uh, a work device, and then there are people who use it more as a leisure device. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of fall into the latter camp. Like when I pick up my iPad, it's because I'm not planning to type anything. Um, and in fact, one of the things that I like about it is that you know, sure, I could fire off a short email if I had to, but for the most part, I'm playing games, I'm reading, I'm, I'm watching a video. Um, so you know, maybe the fact that they are coming after this uh, more professional market with an actual laptop indicates that. You know, an iPad really isn't a great work device. Like, you can make it work if you need to. There was a time when I had an external keyboard for my iPad, uh, and I used it for work, and, you know, it worked just great. Um, but fundamentally, you're forcing it, right? Um, right? People who work need keyboards, and physical keyboards are better than virtual ones. So uh, I, I do uh, expect that you will see people using that uh, MacBook for work, and, you know, maybe the iPad does start feeling more like a, a leisure device or other kind of like specialty device over time. Yeah, I honestly, I, th I think of the iPad more as like a gaming device than anything else. Yeah. So that's not something you're going to be doing with this MacBook for sure. Right. But again, it goes into the whole idea of like Apple Watch being like a fashion device. This is a fashion accessory. Like, yeah, it's kind of true. I mean, like, that's underscored by the fact that it comes in three colors, right? Including gold. Yeah, um, <laughs> including gold. Casey, I don't, I don't know. Let me, let me ask you. Did you hear the biggest price for Apple Watch? They just, they just put the prices online. Do you know how much they actually go to? No, how much do they go to? Uh, just take a wild guess. What is the most expensive Apple Watch you can buy right now? Or you will be able to? Uh, 15000 A little 15, higher. 15000 A little higher. Twenty. No, nope. no, Split the difference. Seventeen. Seventeen thousand uh, dollars for 38 millimeter uh, yellow gold or rose gold with the modern buckle. But here's the weird thing is that the most expensive watch. The pricing is just kind of like it gets a little scatter shot the higher you go in, in the in the the right. spectrum because the most expensive model is not a forty two millimeter. No, it's a even though one. right, even though on the lower end uh, the forty two millimeters are more expensive for obvious reasons. There's more materials. It's you know whatever. Um, so who actually knows uh, what's going on in this end of the market? But I think that Apple is appealing to this group of people who write a check for seventeen thousand dollars or however you pay for something that costs that much uh, without think, thinking about it. I think it. a check still works. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they have a special, I don't know, maybe I, they have I, one of those metal I don't uh, have that Amexes. Much, uh, I don't have that much on a credit limit either. I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible for anyone uh, at The Verge to really say how you pay for something that costs $17,000. We can only guess. Um, just bring your own gold. Yeah, like bring, bars, bring your own bar of gold. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, it, uh, obviously the, the spectrum of pricing for this device is huge uh, on a percentage basis um, and definitely larger than anything else Apple has ever made, mm -hmm. right? Um, you can make the argument, Casey, I think that you put in the live blog that... Uh, um, someone pointed out that if you cost-adjusted the Apple Lisa for inflation, it would be more expensive than the most expensive Apple Watch edition, uh, but we're kind of splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, it would be interesting to uh, 
it would be interesting to do a, you know a customer satisfaction survey with Apple Lisa customers and then you know Apple Watch Edition customers uh, a year after the fact and see who is happier with their uh, you know seventeen thousand dollar investment. And the Lisa wasn't even gold. I just want to point that out. Nor was it available in thousands of combinations. Nor was it designed by by Johnny Ive. Nor can you wear it Sir on your Jonathan wrist. Ive. Nor can you wear it on your wrist. These are all very good points. Uh, so, Casey, let's uh, let's turn briefly to the one other announcement of the event, uh, which was where we started uh, the uh, the HBO uh, and Apple TV uh, news. The um, uh, HBO Now, it's called, uh, which is debuting exclusively on Apple products. Uh, $15 a month, right? $14.99? $15 a month. Yeah, um, something like there. that. Yeah. Um, and, of course, they reduced the price of the Apple TV to $69. Uh, Casey, what do you th- do you think this is going to encourage people, A, to buy an Apple TV if they haven't already, and B, uh, cut the cord? Is this the, the turning point? I think it's a great partnership. You know, when you look at HBO and Apple, both of these are companies that work so hard to develop premium brands. And I think each one of them gets something out of this arrangement, right? HBO gets to tell its customers, hey, we're on the coolest hardware. Apple gets to say, we've got the best content. Um, so I think it's it's a huge win for both companies. Like when they announced it, I thought that's that's a solid move. Um, you know, I heard you guys talking a little bit before I came on. Ross was saying all these subscriptions are starting to add up. Uh, I'm sort of in that camp. I've got you know Hulu Plus and I've got Netflix and I may have the WWE Network. So it is <laughs> yeah. all starting to add up. Um, but at the same time. Fifteen bucks uh, does not seem at all unreasonable for me, um, and if I'm ever uh, no longer able to use my uh, roommate's parents' HBO Go password, <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a serious look at that. Yeah, well, this I, I, I was I was kind of seriously suggesting that this gives HBO an incentive to finally start cracking down on the uh, the sort of lackadaisical spreading of these uh, of these account logins. Right. right. As, as far as we can tell, there are only four known HBO Go logins on Earth. <laughs> there are four subscribers uh, who are collectively yep. paying for the cost of uh, production for Game yep. of Thrones. And here we have which... Casey Noon, who's only three degrees from one of the sources, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, roommates, cousins... Something like that. Anyway, but <laughs> and I've heard that that Game of Thrones is one of the most expensive uh, shows ever in terms of uh, you know how much it costs to make mm-hmm. each episode. So uh, so obviously they have some uh, incentive to uh, to start dialing up the heat on these these people. <clears throat> Casey Newton. Um, anyway, me too. Uh, uh, Casey, we're gonna let you go in a second. I have one last very very important question. Uh, as we're seeing more smartwatches, more wearable device wearable devices, uh, including like Apple Watch, we see hands-ons from all these tech journalists, including our own. Um, where do you feel on bleaching and/or trimming arm hair ahead of a hands-on with watches? <laughs> It's so important, Ross, and I'm glad you bring that up. You know, you watch some of these hands-on videos, and you just see these thick forests of hair, and you think, my God, what sort of man-ape is making this video? Uh, and, you know, we, we here at The Verge are going to use our platform to speak out against this appalling trend and, uh, you know, hope we can, uh, we can stop the madness. All right. <laughs> well, get in there and tell Neil I said hi and mention none of that. Uh, there is a new Apple Watch hands-on on TheVerge.com if you guys want to check it out. Uh, Casey Noon, is there anything else you want to say before, uh, before we let you go? Uh, I love you guys. I love you too. Love you as well, Casey. All right, Casey Take Noon, care. everybody. Um, all right, before we start wrapping up, though, I do want to like, actually make a case for Apple Watch. Um, okay. A, not, a spirited, all not a spirited case because then I think about the price and go no. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I've heard for the last couple of days is the Apple Watch will be the thing that means you look at your phone less. 
And then the counterpoint is everyone's mad that people are looking at their phone in the first place. Right. Um, I don't think it's a bad reason. I really don't. I really like the idea of not pulling up my phone all the time. I'm obsessed with doing that. I check notifications every five minutes yeah. anyway. Uh, I don't mind that idea. I do think there's Apple Pay interest. Uh, interest. The passbook stuff makes sense here. Um, and as ridiculous as it is, the idea of like doodling, you know, obnoxious cartoons to someone. Sending your heartbeat. You're sending your heartbeat. Uh, making another watch vibrate and whatever cyber dildonic thing you want to do with that. Sure. Uh, sketching dirty pictures or clean pictures yeah. to your loved ones. I mean, there there are little mini communication things that it. It's not worth 350 necessarily, but when you start thinking like how much you spend for a fitness band anyway, and fashion products like that, it starts to be a justifiable cost at the low end. At least I'm telling myself that now. Well, and, and to be very clear, uh, $350 is the very smallest amount of money you can spend yes, on this for watch. someone who's not fashionable at all. Right, and um, so going into this event, I was uh, hopeful, if not outright expecting, that the... Um, the steel version of the watch with a steel band would cost 500 550 at most. Uh, but no, the, the, if I'm not mistaken, the steel 42 millimeter with the steel band is 999, I think. I and if you, if you get the black version um, in steel with the steel band, it's uh, 1099. Which, I mean, to be very clear, that's like, that's, that's, um, in the world of luxury watches, you're starting to brush up against the low end of that segment. It is no longer a commodity device. It is uh, a luxury timepiece. And the, um, the, the, the problem that, that we've been um, sort of uh, bantering about for a few months now is that this isn't a wa- this isn't sort of a, an heirloom. It isn't a legacy device. It isn't something you can pass down to your children. It's something that goes bad after a couple years. Um, and and to to drive that point home, uh, I was just looking at the the changelog notes for iOS eight point two, which is out today. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Apple Watch isn't supported on iPhones older than iPhone five, which is what three years old. Okay. So um, you. Uh, you think about the fact that this device that you're spending uh, as much as $1,100 on, and that's not even getting into addition territory, is just goes bad in three years or less, is kind of out of control. Yeah, there's, there, there are two things I've seen. One that's pro that, one that's con that. And the, the one thing that kind of like gave me a little bit of like, I was a little okay with it was the API. I was looking through the API uh, when it first came out a couple months ago, and there's so much processing power done on the phone itself yeah. that in many ways it's just a receiver. So as long as the screen is okay... Sure. It should last a little more than a couple of years. Like the urge, like an iPad, the urge to upgrade isn't probably going to be as strong sure. every cycle. That being said, you hear interviews, especially like I think the profile with Johnny Ive, where he's like, there was a thousand and one things we wanted to add to this. We wanted senses. I, I did not mean for my voice to go that way. It just does <laughs> whenever you say Johnny Ive. Um, but there are so many things hardware-wise that they actually wanted to do with this yeah. but didn't. Um, and that's where I'm like, should I wait for the second one where they actually figure that shit out? Right. Or, you know, do you want a, a circular display? Maybe that's in Apple's future. Who knows? Right. Um, so, and, you know, with, with an addition, uh, at the very least, you have, um, you, you know, assuming Apple doesn't offer a trade-in program, uh, you at least have the, the gold value, the, the, the raw gold value. With the stainless steel model, you have nothing. You have uh, a, a piece of, you know, you have a few dollars worth of, of metal right. that can't reasonably to, be recycled. To be absolutely fair, though, we're talking a thousand versus ten thousand. No, least. we are, but but still, yeah. you know, uh, do you want to do you want to put yourself in a position where you're spending a thousand dollars every two to three years on on a watch? I mean, if you're if you're a watch collector, that's reasonable. But 
uh, you're you're still expecting to add a watch to your collection every few years as opposed to replacing it. Um, so that's a it's a tricky tricky question for Apple to answer, and they didn't attempt to answer it today. Tim Cook didn't mention squat, and I, not not to say I expected him to, but he didn't say a single thing about what happens next year when they announce uh, the Apple Watch 2 uh, and you have a $15,000 watch on your hands. Right. And then what the, do you do? But also, like, there's so many things to do. Like, when the iPod first came out, it was a niche market, plus it had to, you had to require using a Mac, which very people had at the time. Right. Uh, the iPad, it was an ugly, ugly piece of shit first product. I'm sorry, it was. It really was a big iPhone. Um, the second one, they kind of figured it out. The Apple Watch, you need an iPhone 5, which is not as ubiquitous as they want it to be, and they won't be for a couple of years. This is the early adopter kind of test market. If you're going to spend that much money now, I think you kind of know that this is like, this is kind of a test case for them. Maybe. Well, yeah, that, we'll see. That, so that's, that's the million-dollar, billion-dollar question for Apple is, does this become a mainstream product? Are people going to line up around the block the same way they do for an iPhone? Is it going to, be, going to be a niche product? Is it going to be somewhere in between? What are they expecting, and what is the public going to do? We don't know. This is kind of untested uh, territory um, for them uh, and for us. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to really tackle in here, or should we like look to the future? What MacBook are you uh, are you buying? Oh hell no! I'm happy with this right here. I mean, so you're, that's a 13 inch Retina. It's the 13 inch Retina. So my okay. my computer anniversary was recent too. So I gotta. 13-inch Rena, it's doing fine. Mm -hmm. uh, they obviously announced a spec boost today, but I don't care. This does just everything I needed to do. Oh, uh, one thing that um, that I was expecting today with the new MacBook that wasn't announced, and it makes me very, very sad, is I expected them to integrate Touch ID into the touchpad. Oh, yeah. Um, and that didn't happen. It seems like such an obvious fit uh, and such an obvious thing that they would want to expand from the iPhone over to... Um, over to MacBook, especially considering how many features from iOS they've adopted into OS X over the years. Um, th that was just a disappointment. Right. Uh, but that being said, the, the new MacBook, I, I had the same reaction to the MacBook today that I had to the original MacBook Air, which is both good and bad, because in retrospect, the original MacBook Air was not a good product <laughs> in many ways. It, it, it ran hot. Uh, it uh, the port situation was terrible, and actually we should talk about the port situation. Um, and it ended up kind of being an afterthought in history compared to the second generation, which was a very good product. Um, so, you know, we'll see if they've learned their lessons. We'll see if the new MacBook is a fantastic product or if it's one of those things where you want to wait for the second generation. But let's talk about the port situation. Let's talk about the port situation. Let's do it. Two, two ports. Uh, there's a... Um, there's a USB-C on one side, mm -hmm. and then on the other, there's a headphone jack. I think that's it. That's it. I mean, uh, then that matches up with the rumors that we heard. I think Mark Gurman from 9to5Mac broke this, and you got like there was a graphic designer that kind of went in, kind of like modeled based mm -hmm. on what the rumor was, and that was pretty damn spot on. Yeah, I'll give credit where credit's due. That was damn spot on. Uh, but yeah, USB-C reversible. It's very pretty. Mm -hmm. You're getting an adapter for every single thing. Yeah. And those days where you bought like the giant USB hubs, that's back. That's happening again. It's, it's, it's in vogue. What can you say? Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, MagSafe is gone. Yes. Um, which is not awesome. Uh, if you have kids or pets, you might want to... Oh, right. It's just going to yank. Yeah. You mm -hmm. might want to make sure that this, uh, this particular computer is off in a different area of the house. Um, and yeah, you're, you're going to be looking at spending... Uh, I, I just pulled up the, um, some of the 
units here. Um, Dramatic movement. To the if you want the if you want the VGA multiport adapter um, for USB-C, Apple's listing it now for seventy nine dollars. If you want the digital AV adapter, it's also seventy nine. Wait, wait, and I know no one else is looking at this, so this is really compelling. But click on the front view. Like, what is it? Just okay. You have HDMI. You have another USB-C, so you can do pass through, and you have oh a, a regular USB. But can I just say this is ugly as hell. No, it is. It this looks is like super ugly. So, these um, these ports look like um, the same white, uh, like last generation Apple ID ports that they've been uh, using for ten years. I hear that we have um, a hands-on <laughs> to throw to um, for the MacBooks. So let's I check that. That's what I heard. Okay. Hey, we're here at Apple's event in California, and we are just getting our hands on with the all-new MacBook. It is just the MacBook. It is ridiculously thin. It's 13.1 millimeters thin, and you can see one of the headline features here, this USB Type-C port. This gets used for power, for, uh, for display, for USB, for everything. It's a fast little port. It is kind of going to be the future of laptops. It's spinning around here, and we've also, of course, got a headphone jack and a couple of microphones. But the big story here is the, the technology. The screen is 2304 by 1440, somewhere in that neighborhood. It's high retina display. It looks really good. Uh, there's a speaker grill across the top. And Apple is really playing up the new keyboard. They've got a new butterfly mechanism so that the keys are really flat, and whichever corner you push on, they all feel the same. There's not much key trouble to it, actually. It feels pretty shallow, but it doesn't feel terrible. It just takes a little bit of getting used to. What is weird, though, is the trackpad. They've got an entirely new mechanism, so it also feels the same no matter where you click on it. And Apple has created this new thing called Force Click, where you sort of, like, push through the trackpad. And you can see I just failed to get it done there. I'll try it one more time. You push it until you see a second click, and then it gives you, like, a third action. So there's a single click, double click, and now there's Force Click, which lets you do different things. And you can uh, configure the strength of it. There's a little bit of tactile feedback when you do it. So this is the new MacBook. It comes out on April 10th for $12.99. Again, it is just stupid light, crazy thin. It has an Intel uh, Core M processor, so it should be pretty fast. And uh, I can't wait to give it uh, some more time. So one thing that I want to uh, note in that video that I found very interesting is that all three of the colors available for the new MacBook are similar enough so that they just look like the same MacBook cast in different lighting, which is a little bit like the dress. Right. Uh, oh, just, God. Get, just throwing that out no, there. No, uh, no, um, But no, seriously, like the, the gold looked like um, a silver MacBook uh, sitting in incandescent light. Uh, the silver looked like the silver, and the space gray just looked like it was in a dark room. Um, so not not very uh, extreme colors. I think that they were probably careful to make sure uh, that they weren't doing anything too wild uh, with this this uh, this new MacBook. They were just sort of like adding a little bit of hue to each one, um, which I guess is okay. I, I I've been wa- for years. I've been wanting just a black aluminum anodized MacBook, um, but uh, Apple won't give it to me. Give it time. Give it time. Yeah, maybe. There, I mean, we're seeing more and more MacBooks, so there's a filling in the little holes. Mm-hmm. Like, there was that famous, the, the, the iPad <clears> 1 <throat> presentation where Steve Jobs was like, we're going to make a case between this product and this product, and it became right. the iPad. Uh, and now we're just seeing Apple fill in every single hole, right. which is a thing we've seen them do for years. And, of course, the bigger iPhones were indicative of that. You'll get what you want. <laughs> You'll get everything you want. Just give it time. Well, uh, it, one, one important distinction, though, I think, uh, and this is just my theory, but I, I feel like... Uh, this to, and we mentioned this with Casey. It feels like this new MacBook is filling in a hole that is partially um, being uh, filled right now by the iPad uh, for work use. With you know when you put it in a keyboard case, right? Right. And um, 
to that end, it makes sense that uh, this uh, this MacBook would be available in colors the same way an iPad is, whereas the uh, higher-end, more powerful MacBooks are still effectively PCs. They don't mm -hmm. have this level of portability. This thing is ridiculously thin. Um, uh, one thing that, that I think makes it look more like an iPad than a MacBook is the fact that the glowing Apple on the back of the display <laughs> is not glowing, but it's it's shiny like it would be on an iPad. Right. Um, okay, so this is... So that's a consideration. Uh, the fact that this is but in many ways, an iPad with a keyboard, except, of course, for the fact that it runs OS X. Right. Um, and the only thing else to note like, is this is considerably more expensive than the MacBook Air. Probably. Uh, well, Not it's, considerably, it's, but it's, it's, it's it starts a, at twelve ninety nine, right? Right. Um, so, yes, if, if you compare that uh, with an 11-inch MacBook Air, yes, it is a more expensive device. Uh, but you know, if you if you go back through history, going back to uh, what was it, the PowerBook Duo, I think, was a famously expensive and very small uh, um, Apple laptop uh, in in the '90s. And I'm probably butchering my Apple history here. I don't have Wikipedia <laughs> open, so I apologize. But the, the point is, uh, it is certainly not without precedent to have uh, the smallest, lightest version of of, uh, of Apple's PC lineup be a step above in terms of pricing. Makes sense. No, I agree. And again, the second generation will be a lot a lot cleaner, be a lot cheaper. Um, uh, this is, yeah, you might be dreaming. I, I like the yeah, way you think, fair. but that's yes, I, I, I or, like or where Or they'll get rid at. of the MacBook Airs entirely, so this sure. is the cheap model. Yeah, could it's be. one or the other. Could be. Yeah. Um, cool. I mean, there's other things that happen, of course, HealthKit and ResearchKit. We've seen HealthKit a lot. Uh, ResearchKit is intriguing, but I don't know if there's really much to say at this point. I'm just really curious to see what happens. Right. Uh, the next big event for them is going to be WWDC. The big developers. Assuming companies. they don't uh, announce anything before then, uh, presumably they're going to have iOS 9 to show. Right. Uh, but um, you know there have been rumors of a public beta for iOS 8.3, which isn't even out yet. 8.2 is is released today, mostly to add a Apple Watch support for other bug fixes. But um, they're they're kind of getting compressed in terms of how much more they they can do with 8.x before. Nine comes out, so I don't know how that fits. Maybe eight point three carries them through the summer, and then they stay on the same release schedule as usual. Uh, so I guess I'm talking myself into the likelihood that iOS nine will be a WWDC thing and not have a special event beforehand. But they have done that before. They have done uh, iOS only uh, events um, early in the year. So that's a, an outside possibility. True. Yeah. I mean, we're just we're just running out of months in between at this point. Right. So we'll right. see. We'll see. Um, cool. Final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, I, I want it all. I want the seventeen thousand uh, dollar Apple Watch. Um, I, I don't even. I, I, there is nothing in my possession that I could sell that would enable me to buy that. Uh, so I'm just gonna have to dream. Um, and the uh, the MacBook looks nice, but I need to know whether the keyboard feels uh, as good as they claim it does. I need to know how these force touch uh, touchpads really work. Um, and I need to uh, know that it's fast enough for me to get my job done on, on a daily basis. So those questions um, won't be answered until April. What well, about you? I just need to bleach my arm hair. I'm feeling really self-conscious <laughs> about it now. Uh, so for all for all that, let's, let's, let's just wrap it up at this point on that lovely note. Uh, for all things Apple, including you know, more coverage, more hot takes, more impressions, more analysis, more video. And not just Apple, everything in the intersection of art, culture, science, technology that is The Verge. Check out TheVerge.com on Twitter at The Verge. Sorry, at Verge. Get mad if I do that. Uh, I am Ross. We're on Miller. YouTube as well. We're on YouTube as well. Yes, The Verge. Uh, Instagram, Snapchat for the millennials and the teens. If you want to see what Sam Schiffer's doing, if he thinks things are beef bust or whatever other words he's using these days, uh, The Real Verge on Snapchat. Uh, for Twitter, I am Ono Roscoe with no E. This is E Power. Uh, special thanks to at Casey Newton, uh, whose 
just out there having the time of his life now. Uh, thank you guys for watching.